Hello, everybody. I'm Neff. Beside me is Topher. This is episode nine of the Playmakers podcast. Today is Monday, March 22nd. And today we got a really big episode for you guys because last week was happening in the NFL offseason. So many trades, so many signings, so many things went down. It's insane. Yeah, lots of big stuff. So we have all that uh, big NFL offseason news that we'll get into in the meat of this episode. Uh, we're going to start off something different here. I, I think we're going to do this new segment, this kind of opening headline segment we're going to do every week for you. Uh, not our feature thing, but just things we need to share in the world of sports. So uh, big news in the NBA uh, this weekend. The best player in the world, LeBron James, went down. He fell hard against the Hawks on Saturday. Uh, ankle sprain out indefinitely, but they expect him to miss multiple weeks. Neff, what do you think when LeBron went down? Oh, man, I... I had my, had my every part of my body just clenched up when I saw that. I was like, "Oh, this is not good," because you know that's the best player in the world. Also, he's older, so any injury on an older person, especially an athlete, will you know be not the best, not the best situation for him. But it's LeBron James, and he's pretty much like super built like Superman. So I bet he'll come back through the postseason. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not worried about LeBron long term here. I think if anybody can come back from an injury in his mid mid to late 30s, it's LeBron. That guy takes care of his body better than anybody in the history of the world. Uh, he's a he's oh, a freak. Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, Spent but the, these kind of guys. Dollars. LeBron's also up there on the cryotherapy and all that jazz these dudes they spend money on their bodies and it works out for them so i think lebron's he's gonna come back hopefully hopefully it's sooner rather than later because right now they have no lebron and no anthony davis for the foreseeable future so it's really on the shoulders of their role guys like kuzma and montrez harrell to try and carry this team to the middle of the playoffs because i mean they don't want to be fighting for a bottom playoff spot here come the end of the season they have to keep winning games stay consistent, stay the course in the middle of the West so that when they get their guys back, they're in prime position to make a run to the finals. Uh, other injury news in the NBA, uh, the projected rookie of the year, LaMelo Ball of the Charlotte Hornets, he also went down injured, uh, fractured. fractured part of his wrist, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he'll be out for the rest of the season, it looks like. Um, when he got up and he started holding that wrist like this, I was like, oh no, oh no. I mean, we've talked about LaBello, LaBello, LaMelo a few times on this show. Uh, just one of the most fun young players in the league. Uh, way better than I thought he was ever going to be in the NBA. Already probably better than Lonzo as an NBA player. He's just so dynamic. So it's tough to see a guy that's talented and young go out with an injury. Hopefully he's come back stronger next year. Is he the, still the rookie of the year in your, your mind, even with this injury? I was always leaning toward um, – I was always rooting for James Wiseman because I really like James Wiseman. Um, but, yeah, LaMelo, LaMelo just was above and beyond. So There's also Tyrese Halliburton and, like, Anthony Edwards, but Anthony Edwards is just – no offense to Anthony Edwards, but he know. did have his best game of the season this past week, though. He had a 42 game, 42 point game against somebody. I don't remember who. And then you got Cole Anthony, who I thought was going to be a good addition to the freaking magic, but I guess not. <laughs> yeah, but I, I agree with you. LaMelo, even with the injury and even with other guys playing all right, he's head and shoulders above other rookies right now. And even if he misses the last couple months here, he should be a lock for that rookie of the year. All right, the big basketball news that we talked about it last week with our big preview show was the uh, start of the NCAA men's and women's tournaments here. Uh, we had the big Cinderella story this season. The 15 seed out of the South region, Oral Roberts. They beat the two-seed Ohio State in overtime. They beat my Florida Gators in the second round in a late dramatic game. I mean, did you see anything like this coming? No, not really. Yeah, it's 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 wild to me. I mean, Oral Roberts, man, the fourth place team in the summit. 
I had my my team, like my my one underdog team, which was what which one was it? Utah State. Utah State. That was the one. And then they lost in the first round. I was I was so upset. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take a gamble on them. Yeah, that's the thing about this tournament is that sometimes you'll just have that bold little instinct, that urge, and then it doesn't pay off. But uh, yeah, Oral Roberts, they're a fun basketball team. They play really efficient, good offense. They shoot a lot of three-pointers. I think they're first in the country in three-pointers attempted and made per game. They're almost 90% of free throws. And they're two stars, both of whom will be making an appearance in Playmakers of the Week later, uh, are just great. Great players out of nowhere here. So, yeah, Oral Roberts is the second 15 seed to make it to the second round of the NCAA tournament, joining Dunk City, Florida Gulf Coast from uh, 2013. Uh, other tournament stuff, Loyola Chicago, formerly uh, former Final Four team from, I think, three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. They look dominant. They crushed my national champion pick, Illinois. Um, it turns out we were underrating them. Especially See, the tournament was underrating them. If IU doesn't make the tournament, everyone else in the Big Ten is garbage. <laughs> Apparently. I mean, the Big Ten, we're recording this on Monday. Not all the round of 32 games are finished yet. But as it stands, the Big Ten can only get a maximum of two teams into the Sweet 16. And they might get none into the Sweet 16. Like, that's very possible right now. In fact, it's... If you were to go based on what people expect, the only Big Ten team to make the Sweet 16 is going to be Michigan, and I'm not even sure about that. So I don't know what's happening with the Big Michigan Ten. Michigan playing? Uh, LSU. Oh, man. Who are a very good offensive team who have been very good the last month of the season. Okay, but like... <laughs> Michigan are the favorite, but would it surprise you to see them lose? Yes. No, it wouldn't surprise me because I use the best basketball team <laughs> Done. Yeah, but Loyola Chicago, they're dominant team. They're apparently they're ninth in the Ken Palm metrics rankings. So them as an eight seed, hindsight was a terrible, terrible, terrible decision. And Illinois are the anti-benefactors of that call by the selection committee. And then the other big story I think so far at the NCAA tournament is the Pac-12. You have Pac-12. no idea. You have no idea how many memes I saw on IU Barstool saying Illinois, like clowning Illinois for losing. Yeah, they got, they, apparently Illinois is not the best team in their own state. But yeah, but anyway, out West, the Pac-12, they're making noise here. As of recording, they're undefeated in the tournament. Oregon in the Sweet 16, Oregon State in the Sweet 16. UCLA play Abilene Christian first thought at the Sweet 16. USC could make the Sweet 16. So by the time you're listening to this, the Pac-12 are looking like the best conference in basketball out of nowhere, despite being relentlessly clowned on in pretty much every sport. You know, Who we knew the on them some last last episode? Oh, we were dead wrong. Pac-12 is apparently very good. Uh, yeah, do you have anything else you wanted to share about the tournament? Obviously, it's still going on, but I mean. I just I just can't wait to see how it turns out. My national champs got beat out this morning, I think. Yeah, last night by Oregon or last State. Last night by Oregon State. Oh man. That was so upsetting. Yeah, I think you noted it. There's been quite a lot of upsets this year. It's been a very wacky one. I just I just gotta hope that my friend that my friends the the team my friend chose doesn't get passed. I don't think they've played yet. Who'd they choose? I think they picked. Let's see. They picked. Um, I think they picked Michigan over LSU. They picked Michigan to win the title. Or no, no, like to make it past further than my oh, okay. team. He picked Michigan to go further than Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. So if they if they beat LSU, then I owe him twenty bucks. Oof. Which, is, which is unfortunate. So I guess you guys, when you're listening to this, NAF will either be in or out 20 bucks. <laughs> oh, God. Fun tournament, fun stuff. Obviously, we'll have more share on this as more stuff happens. But It's because he wanted to win it back because I I was like, you know, the, 
the Bucks may win the Super Bowl. And he was like, no, the Chiefs. And then let's let's so maybe he'll get his 20 bucks back tonight. Let's we'll see. Um, a couple other things before we get into free agency here. Uh US men's national team stuff. Uh the uh U23 Olympic qualifying tournament is underway in uh Guadalajara, Mexico. Uh, we played our first two games against Costa Rica and Dominican Republic. We won both of those games combined five nil. We've yet to give up a goal, which is nice, even though these teams aren't Costa Rica are pretty good, but Dominican Republic are not quite there yet. Uh, but yeah, we're into the next round. If we win that game against probably Honduras or Canada, then we qualify for the Olympics for the first time in 2008. So for us, U.S. men's national team followers. This is some big stuff coming up this week. And we also play Mexico on uh, Wednesday, which is always a big game when we play Mexico. Excuse me, it's Mexico. <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, but that's always a big deal. They look really good, Mexico. They've scored seven goals in two games. They are filthy. They're probably going to crush us, but as long as we qualify for the Olympics and give ourselves a chance in July, then I consider that's a big dub. All right, Neff, are you ready to talk about some NFL free agency? Let's do it. All right. So obviously that opened last week. We already knew some stuff like J.J. Watt to the Texans, or to the Texans, to the Cardinals, some stuff like that. Uh, uh, We have here the list of – we're going to just start it off here looking at uh, NFL.com's top 10 free agents they had listed and where they all signed. Uh, Number one, Trent Williams, one of the best left tackles in the league, just re-signed with San Francisco on a six-year – over $100 million contract. I think it's the biggest left tackle contract in the league. Do you have any problems with that deal? Uh, No. Yeah, I mean, he's a stud. He's a beast. Did I want him to come to Indianapolis so we could have the best O-line in NFL history? Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, he's the kind of guy I'm sure every team would have loved to have, but he stays in San Fran. Because we had uh, uh, Anthony Costanzo retire, so that was upsetting. So now we need a left tackle. Yeah, he's a beast. He is on the older side, which is the only thing they'll take a look at. But typically, a good offensive tackle can play till like thirty-eight and still. I mean, Andrew Whitworth's like forty, and he's still a lockdown left tackle. So mm-hmm. not too much worry there. Uh, Shaq Barrett, great player for the Buccaneers the last two years. One of the best players in their Super Bowl run, especially in the playoffs. He got the. He secured the bag. Uh, really 72, did. 72 million dollar contract over 36 of that guaranteed. Do you have any problems with that deal? Did you think they paid too much, too little? I mean, Shaq Barrett has always been one of those guys to yeah. secure the bag. <laughs> yeah, his production has exploded the past couple of years in Tampa, but I didn't realize, but going back before that, I mean, he was always like a well-thought-of player, even if his stats weren't that big. I mean, Pro Football Focus has liked him since his rookie year in Denver. So, big-time player. All right, Bud Dupree. But, eh. I mean, he's he's not the, like, okay, he's obviously not bad. He's, I do very much like to use uh, Bud Dupree in Madden because he hits hard. And he's a he's a beast, but I mean, you could have used some of that money to re-sign um, Jadeveon Clowney because he is he's still a freaking monster, and I haven't seen him anywhere anymore. So, yeah, uh, just for a reminder, there, yeah, Bud Dupree is in Tennessee now, five-year deal. The only problem I have is that Bud Dupree's really only had two like elite seasons. That's been the past two. And he's coming off an ACL injury, which who knows how he'll recover from that. So I do have some reservations about this move. If it works, though, it's great because Tennessee need help on the edges. Uh, Trey Hendrickson. How much do you know about Trey Hendrickson? Is he a D-tackle? He's like a defensive end, defensive tackle for the Saints. He was on the Saints. Now he's signed in uh, Cincinnati. Um, I mean, that's a good signing for Cincinnati because he – because they had who they have who on that they had who on that line they had Cam Jordan, Sheldon Rankings, and then Trey Hendrickson. Yeah. So that was that was kind of a a beast. And New Orleans had a nice little unit up there. So now with Sheldon Rankings and Trey Hendrickson gone. Yeah, 
that he had his he had a career year last year over 13 sacks. Because I mean he's not he's not the worst, but he he's he's he'll he'll put pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. And they have a or no, he's not the best, but he will put pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I think they have Sam Hubbard, if I who I'm if I'm not mistaken, has become a pretty solid rusher himself on the other side. So they got some nice, good, if not like elite sack guys to help on the defensive side of things. Um, Kenny Galladay. Oh my gosh. That's, that was just weird. That was just weird. I bet Lamar is wanting to slam his head against a wall, a cinder block wall over and over and over and over because that Ravens organization is just, now, you said it's weird. I, I think it's, to clarify, it's it's weird that he went to New York. It's not weird that he got the contract he got. Oh yeah, no, because it, it's weird. Because that, yeah, that's what I is, meant. He is an elite wide receiver. He's been very, very good. Flown under He'll the radar because Detroit. He's just flown under the radar because Detroit. But he goes to New York. Does this? Will this be the year Daniel Jones takes off? Now that he has a legit number one and some other guys around him. He's got Kenny. He's got Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, and Saquon. Saquon. Wait, Saquon? Who's that? Don't you mean Super Quad? <laughs> yeah, Super Quad Barkley. Does he take the next step and prove himself to be a franchise guy this year? No. Just straight up no? He's the next Eli Manning. Eli Manning was the franchise guy. Okay, well, I mean – Eli Manning was just a good quarterback. Like he was an average quarterback with a good team around him. I'd agree with that. I'll say the stats and his success kind of backs that up. He's like mostly good with like a couple good seasons, especially good playoff runs. I don't know. I just, if Eli had, is Eli still like coaching him there? No. Because if Eli was there coaching him, I mean, he would definitely take off. But you don't trust uh, Jason Garrett and company? No. All right. I don't. Uh, next on this list, Joe Tooney, the offensive guard going to Kansas City. Well, they can't. Oh, that now that was a good signing because Kansas City really needed that O line. So, I mean, we all saw that in the Super Bowl. So, yeah. The only thing that's interesting to me is that he's a guard. And they cut, just cut both of their tackles, Fisher and Schwartz. Yeah. So I guess they're going to flex Tooney out wide maybe or move one of their current guards out wide. But regardless, it's a all-pro caliber offensive lineman. I think the Colts should pick up the, the Fisher? left tackle. Which one was the left tackle? Was Fisher. It? Eric Fisher. Eric Fisher. I think the Colts should pick up Eric Fisher because he's not bad. He's definitely. Oh, no, he's good. I, I'm. I assume he got cut for cap reasons. Yeah. And slash injury have, reasons. They have a lot of players under big yeah. contracts. I have no idea how they were able to get this move under the cap. To be honest with you. Um. All right. Next is the first of many Patriots signings. Uh, Matt Judon. Matt Judon. I never in a million years expected Bill Belichick to sign a guy like Matthew Judon. Because you've never seen a like, okay, but you've seen like Rob Ninkovich as an end for mm-hmm. defensive end for the the Patriots, but like you've never seen like, it's always been about the linebackers in 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 New England. Like you got Dante Hightower, they had uh, uh, Jamie Collins at some point, they had a. Uh, Um, who's this? Who who's the other one I'm thinking of? Didn't they have John Bostick at some point? Uh, that sounds like it could have been true. I don't know for sure though. I but and then they've had the safeties. They've had they've had the McCordy brothers for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I that that was just really unexpected. But do you like the move? Oh yeah. Because Matt Judon had a really nice two years in Baltimore. Yeah. 
definitely an impact player. We'll talk more about the Patriots rest of their moves in a little bit. I just want to finish out the top 10 here. Uh, Corey uh, Lindsley. He was the Packers center first team all pro this year. He's going to LA on a five-year deal. I mean, good for Matthew Stafford finally getting some protection. No, other LA. Oh, other LA? He's joining. He's in front of Justin Herbert now. Justin Herbert. Okay. Uh, well, that's good too because <laughs> you you saw Justin Herbert trying to outrun the entire defense every single game at some point. So, yeah. Yeah, and also that's a big impact because you you got you got a good center with. Uh, a rising star in Justin Herbert, and you just want to make sure that he doesn't end up like, uh, I don't know, Robert Griffin the third. Yeah. Injured. I mean, probably he prob- most most likely would not have been like as big of a. Not I don't want to say bust. I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, but um, big decline from glory, uh, big fall from glory, just because that they're completely built different. Yeah. I, I also like it. Uh, it's cause that experience. Cause he, I mean, he's played in the NFL for a long time, played under Aaron Rodgers. He brings that experience to help out a young offensive line and a young quarterback a- aside from being just a great protector and run blocker, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. Last one on this uh, top 10, uh, Yannick and to the Raiders. That's it. That's a good pick. I, I really like that pickup because they also had um, – they also added a lot of pieces on offense. Mm-hmm. What they needed was some some pass rush at least. Yeah. Uh, with that with that addition to the defensive line, I mean, I think I think the Raiders will do much better than last year. I, I don't know if I trust the relationship between John Gruden and – Derek Carr because it hasn't worked even though Derek Carr is a good quarterback and he's got a lot of weapons around him because this year he's got uh rugs with um John Brown John Brown is also really good then because you got Darren Waller and then Josh Jacobs so Mm -hmm. that offense is they should make it work but it just hasn't I agree adding uh that it hasn't worked. And I also agree adding pass rush is a big thing. They have a uh, Max Crosby who they picked up in like the third round. Who's become I don't, pretty good. I, I think, I think he signed somewhere else. Uh, but he was good the past couple of years. And then pretty much ever since, but ever since they traded Khalil Mack, they've struggled in general with or to get sacks. So adding a guy who's never had less than eight sacks in his entire career in a single season, uh, like, that's just – they need something on the edge, and he provides that. All right, so when we did that, those are just the top names. Obviously, there's a bunch of other dudes, Will Fuller to the Dolphins, uh, Andy Dalton to the Bears, a bunch of other stuff that's noteworthy. Uh, let's talk about the Patriots for a little bit here. So we talked about Matt Judon. They made a whole bunch of other moves. They had a lot of moves. Yeah, so I'm just going to list off, like, the big moves. There's even more than this, but these are the ones that – were big. They re-signed Cam Newton, signed mm-hmm. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, uh, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith. They traded for Trent Brown. They re-signed David Andrews, the center. Uh, Dietrich Wise and Matt Judon, defensive ends coming in, and then Jalen Mills coming in from Philadelphia. Uh, do you Did like have- these moves, or what? what what's your thought I mean, on the Patriots spending spree here? I mean, I think, I think after being with Tom Brady for so long, Bill Belichick re-signing cam newton is interesting because it didn't work last year but also they weren't the same team that they were the year before because the year before they weren't the best team but they were a well-oiled machine like any any time tom brady was at the helm like they were nicely well put together and that's something that I think Bill Belichick wants to do with uh, with Cam Newton, maybe, because I mean I I don't know I just think I just think Bill Belichick sees Cam Newton's potential in being that MVP caliber quarterback again. Yeah, they're, I mean they're certainly backing him. 
spending money. They spent, they bought four weapons for him and got him a left tackle all in one off season. Now my question is though, how good are those weapons? To be honest with you, I love the tight ends. I love the tight ends. I, I really, when I saw Hunter Henry and John Smith on the trade block or on the, on the free agency list, I was like, Oh my God, the, the Colts need to sign one of them or these, these guys need to go here because these teams need tight ends. They need big dudes because they're running packages with two, with a three tight end set. And I'm just like, it, it's just gotta, it, they got to move. And when I saw that new England signed two of the best tight ends in free agents, well, I think the two best tight ends. Yeah. Certainly in this freedom class, two of the, two of the best tight ends in the whole league, really. And I was just, I was just like, what the, what, what's going on? Yeah. I mean, I think it harkens I mean, back. Justin Aguilar really proved himself in Las, in, in Las Vegas this, this past mm-hmm. year. So I see, I see him being, being some, some help to Cam Newton. Um, I really don't know much about Kendrick Bourne. So. Yeah. So I- the, the O-line, the O-line trade was for Trent Brown. It was, that's a good, because every time it, you, you need to give Cam Newton some time to pass the ball because mm-hmm. every time, every time last year he would drop back a pass, he was always in a rush to either get the ball out or to scramble outside the pocket or to run or just throw it, uh, uh, all throw it while panicking, just not knowing where it's going to go. Um, you, you just need some protection about around Cam Newton because he's, I think, I think he's still got a lot to learn because he's not the, He's not young, but he's not well. How how old is Cam? He's like 28, 29, 30, somewhere in that range. I mean, he's not young, but he's not old. So he still has a lot to learn. And I think he could take another team to a Super Bowl. Because yeah. he he just needs to take more time on the throwing shoulder. Yeah. Certainly another year off will help. Um, so back to the like the help he's getting. So you talked about the teams with the two tight end sets, all that kind of stuff. The Patriots really have no tight ends at all until this, like nobody there at that position who are any good. And the Patriots offense at their best have two great tight ends. Like the best Patriots teams of the 2010s with Tom Brady had Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Oof. And Rob Gronkowski, and I feel like they had another couple like solid tight ends as well. I feel like they went through so many of the. I feel like they went through like Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, uh, they had Martellus Bennett at one point, I think. Mar- yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so like they they when they have two like legitimately good tight ends, and these are two different types of tight ends because Jonu Smith is more like the receiving athletic playmaker, and Hunter Henry's like your all around safety valve type of guy. Having those two dudes. That's that's an excellent addition. It really lets them build on what they're best at and kind of run those two tight end sets. Nelson Aguilar, it just adds something. It just adds a deep threat. Mm-hmm. Um, because they also have uh, uh, what's his what's his name? What's his first name? Myers. Oh yeah, what, like Jalen Myers is that his name. Jacoby Myers. They have Jacoby Myers, who's young, mm-hmm. and learn from Julian Edelman. Um. Did Julian is Julian Edelman? I think he's a free agent still. Um, if they don't sign Julian Edelman, then I I don't know what they're gonna do with their wide receivers because they've always had like people like they had Randy Moss at some point with, uh, like they've always had. Let me let me think about this because they they always had uh, Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon. You know they've had like the deep threats. Mm-hmm. They've had Chris Hogan, who went off that one year for some reason. <laughs> um, and they've always had like duo, yeah, like, like a like a like a deep threat and like a slot guy. Yeah, like for Dion yeah. Branch and Wes Welker, Randy Moss and Wes Welker, and I, I agree, Nelson Aguilar can be that deep threat playmaker guy, and they just need to develop someone reliable next to him. 
Because Nelson Aguilar can be that threat, but the one thing he is not is reliable. <laughs> he has drop. He's had drop issues his whole career, so they just need to find someone else next to him. And maybe Myers is that guy. Maybe Nikhil Harry can be that guy. Maybe they re-sign Julian Edelman. He finds some spark. Nikhil Harry looks like that one big guy that every team has that they could just. Yeah, I don't know if he'll ever develop into anything. He physically has the tools, whether he does it or not. Who knows? They could also draft a guy. You know, Patriots. They're good at finding dudes out of nowhere. But yeah, I agree. This is good moves. Um, but here's the thing that I have reservation with is typically when teams spend big in an offseason, it doesn't go well. Like historically, the biggest free agency spending sprees have led to mediocrity as opposed to any success. Like, so do you think this actually changes the Patriots' fortunes all that much? I mean... I would never count Bill Belichick out when he has the pieces. That's true. And they were really talentless last year. Like they might, they might legitimately they have had the any, worst roster. They didn't have anything last year. They had Cam Newton and that's it. I, like, I think and you can make the argument. They have, they, have the backs. they have James White. Uh, this new kid who's really talented, Damian, uh, Damian Harris. Damien Harris. Um, they still have Sony Michelle, right? I think so. I mean, they haven't played up to their best in a bit, James White and Sony Michelle, but you know, with all these new pieces, you know, they don't have to because Sony Michelle is a great running back, like great physical back. Damian Harris is a great elusive back, and James White is a uh, uh, dynamic back. Like he can pat, he can catch. Mm-hmm. He's a good receiving back, which is what they, which is what they used him for, like easy dump offs and catch and run. So like, I don't know. I I just I think Bill Belichick being one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in NFL history. Um, he, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep on the Patriots as long as Bill Belichick is the head coach there. Two, two questions to follow up on that. And then we'll talk about something else here. Are the Patriots better than they were this time last year? And do they make the playoffs? Yes. And maybe. I'd agree with that. I definitely agree they have more talent all around because last year, again, they just talent devoid. They didn't have any any wide receivers last year. Yeah, they just didn't have anybody. Even if Aguilar and Bourne aren't that good, they're at least somebody that almost certainly be better. And then with the playoffs, I think it's possible the bottom of the AFC is pretty bad. And if Cam Newton has a bounce back year, they could absolutely be a contender for a bottom playoff spot in the, uh, the AFC. The Bills... The Bills are sweating right now. The bill, the Bills are up to like up to here with anxiety. All right. Now let's let's do some little a couple flyer questions here to end off the free agency. What what are a move or a couple moves from the last week that really surprised you? Andy Dalton to the Bears. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with that. <laughs> Uh, and Ryan Fitzpatrick to the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess now he can. I guess now he could play on more teams than he had already played on. Did you see that? Did you see that tweet or, or announcement he sent out the other day? He's like, every team, every every game is going to be a re- uh, revenge game for me because <laughs> I played on every team in the league. <laughs> Pretty much at this point. I mean, oh, my God. The guy's been everywhere. I want him to be the first QB to ever be on the roster for all 32. (laughs) But I know that can't happen because he's old. Yeah, it's just not quite possible. He's, But he's on that Josh McCown, Vinny Testaverde tier of ultimate journeyman quarterback. But the thing is, Josh McCown was never, like, good. No, he was not. He he never had a Ryan Fitzpatrick is actually, like... Yes, Ryan Patrick is a 
like competent starting quarterback. Yeah, I agree. And Andy Dalton's weird, but not bad. Andy Dalton is better than Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. I think I'm comfortable saying both of those things. I don't know how much better he makes the Bears, to be honest with you. But he's okay. He's a solid starter. Can we talk about how that they franchised Allen Robinson without like telling him <laughs> that they franchised tagged him? Which is such a like jerk move, but whatever. Like he wanted to leave. So they're like, yeah, we're going to use you to get money. Let's go. Yeah. So if a team wants you now, they got to trade mm-hmm. and give us stuff for you. Yeah, it's just. I've always, I've always not enjoyed the way the Bears organization does things. Kind of a mess, but because they, I didn't like what how they did Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. Even though Jay Cutler was one of those people who was like, oh, I don't care. Yeah. But like, come on, you didn't have to do him dirty like that. They did not. And I also, they kind of led their fans on a little bit here, trying to get Russell Wilson. Yeah. You know? and then allegedly, they get- allegedly, they traded or they were willing to trade a lot. I don't, I didn't see the details of what they offered, but apparently it was a big offer. Give Khalil Mack. Give. Yeah. Apparently they offered a lot. Seattle just said no. So next best available is Andy Dalton, I guess. I don't know. I, I probably would have stuck with Mitch Trubisky and, well, I guess if Mitch was a free agent, then it's fine. Yeah, signing Andy Dalton. I still hope they go after a guy in the draft, though. Because if Andy Dalton's your long-term answer, I don't think that's good. Um, any other surprising ones for you? I have a couple on my end, but. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. I know he's a big part of the Colts locker room and their culture there. Oh, yeah. He was our Walter Payton Man of the Year mm-hmm. nominee. He's a good dude and the solid, at worst, backup quarterback. Here's a question on Jacoby Fred's set. Do you think he gets any game time for Miami? Yes. You think he displaces Tua at some point? Yes. <laughs> is that because Tua's bad or Jacoby's good? Because Jacoby's good. <laughs> no, it's because Tua's bad. Uh, I don't I, know. I, 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 I would put my trust in Jacoby rather than Tua. I like Jacoby Brissett. I, I think he's always been kind of a bad situation for him when he's been given a chance to start. I thought Jacksonville should have tried to get him uh, the year they got Nick Foles. So I think he's a good starting caliber quarterback, to be honest. With you. I thought the Colts could have gone to the playoffs with Jacoby Brissett. At yeah. One the only year they he started was the year they had literally no offensive line. I mean, yeah. So they, no, gave... they had they had Big Q, Costanzo, Kelly, and no, that was that was the year Andrew Luck came back because it was uh, Andrew Luck uh-huh. got hurt and Jacoby Brissett played like the whole year, and then Andrew Luck came back for a year or two, and then Philip Rivers. No, no, because Andrew Luck retired at the beginning of the season two seasons ago. And then Jacoby filled in for the rest. Oh, I completely forgot that happened. You freaking frick. Oh, shoot. That's why you're the resident Colts expert. It was, it was Andrew winning comeback player of the year, Andrew retiring and then putting Jacoby in starter as a starter and then Philly. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I still think he could play solid, a solid spot starter if they needed him. My boy, uncle Phil out here. All right, I have a few more like weird ones I want to point out. I think Juju staying in Pittsburgh on the contract he's staying on is a weird one to me because apparently the Ravens were willing to give him like a four-year, $60 million contract. Okay, but you can't go to your division rivals. Like... I guess, but would you rather take a one-year worse than franchise tag contract just to stay in Pittsburgh? I mean, I don't even think he knows how to... I don't, I don't know. I don't know what goes on inside the mind of Juju Juju Smith Schuster. Just because, whenever I hear the words, whenever I hear the name Juju Smith Schuster, I hear dumb tick. I I think dumb TikTok 
uh, star. Yeah. Um, I do have. I, I, I did. Juju. I really love Juju, and I think he's a really talented player. It's just the TikTok thing really throws it off for me. So the at first I did think it was weird. I did have this thought though, is that he might be playing the long game here. So right now the Steelers are in a bit of a cap bind, but if Big Ben retires after next season, which is very possible, that'll free up almost forty million in cap space, and then next year he could get a big deal with the Steelers. So maybe he's just trying; he's willing to take the hometown discount for one year, so that when they finally have the flexibility, he can get that long-term stability. Why did they resign Big Ben? They resigned him a few years ago when he was still really good, and then the injuries and age really started to catch up to him. No, but they resigned. They like they they. He he was a free agent this year, I think. Loyalty, I guess. I don't know. But why would you re-sign Big Ben when there's... No idea. <laughs> um, all right. Two more weird ones for me. I, I honestly was kind of surprised that Green Bay re-signed Aaron Jones. At, especially at the number they did. I, I thought I, I don't like spending money on running backs as a general rule of thumb. I think it's a waste of money. You can get good running backs in the draft literally every year. I yeah, think they, exactly, which is why I don't know why the Colts freaking signed Marlon Mack. I mean, it was a small contract, so it's fine. But with Aaron Jones, it's $12 million a year for four years. I don't know. I, I, I would have let Miami or somebody else pay the big bucks to him and just trusted – AJ Dillon and Dexter Williams and whoever you get out in the draft if you want more depth. So I I, I don't I don't really love the move that they resigned him. Uh, they could have resigned Jamal Williams too. Yeah, I, I just don't like big money running backs. I don't, it doesn't usually work out. Sometimes it works. I mean, maybe I'm overthinking the analytics of roster management to a money ball extent, but there's better places to invest in your team. And I also think Patrick Peterson, Minnesota is a weird signing mostly because Arizona is in full ring chasing mode finding JJ Watt, AJ Green. They have the young quarterback. They have the franchise wide receiver. I feel like Arizona should not have let two big pieces of their defense defense just leave. Yeah. Cuz they 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 picked up JJ Watt. They have um, Isaiah Simmons, Buda Baker, but Pat Pete really locked up wide receivers. Plus, he's the captain and leader of that unit as well. Yeah, which I mean, I guess could now go to either Chandler Jones or JJ, but JJ is a new is a newbie now in a new mm-hmm. place, which is why I don't think they would give him captain. Mm-hmm. But also they can because he's JJ freaking Watt. I mean, they unretired a number for him. So, yeah, I don't know. I th- it's weird for me every time. Anytime a uh... you think they'll retire that number again for JJ <laughs> and they win a Super Bowl? Why not? Um. Yeah. Then the last one. The other. I think that's it. Actually, I don't think I have another one. I mean, AJ Green to the Cardinals is also weird, but I just mentioned that. So, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, what else do you have to say about free agency, okay. if anything? Can we, can we take a sec? So, I, I know that we shouldn't do th- – I shouldn't do this because, you know, this is not a strict Colts podcast, but what do you think about the Colts' inactivity in free agency? It, it was so disappointing. I, I agree it's disappointing because, correct me if I'm wrong, don't they have – cap space yeah they have i think they have one of the biggest cap spaces yeah i mean again i don't like spending all of that but i feel like they could have made some move could have aggressively played at galladay could have aggressively played for uh i would have been fine with john brown yeah play for some receiver maybe go after Corey davis or john brown marvin jones keelan cole because now we don't have denico autry on that line. Yeah. Uh, you say you still it, need left. 
Do you still need left tackle, you're saying? Yeah, they need a left tackle. They need a linebacker because they let Anthony Walker Jr. walk. Which Anthony Walker is not that bad of a line, linebacker. Yeah. It's just he completed the defense with – he complimented Darius Leonard at the linebacker position. Now, I know – so we talked about how we might want to see him spend more. I think it's okay because Chris Ballard feels like a GM who's very draft-heavy. So I assume a lot of these roles he'll just target in the draft. I assume they well, have good scouting networks to get guys in the second and third round. Would you trust a freshman cornerback or a first a rookie cornerback? If he's good enough. I mean, we saw what happened with Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell hasn't played a single a yeah, single but, season, and neither has Malik Hooker. But Darius Leonard, from the second he walked in, was the best tackler in the NFL. That's true. And Quentin Nelson, since he walked in, was an all-pro. And Michael Pittman is a good young receiver. And Jonathan Taylor is one of the best young running backs. Yeah. So I, I feel like there's space. There's, there's there's room to get guys. What do you think about that Marlon Mack signing? Like, It's depth. I mean, it's like a $2 million contract. One year, $2 million. It's a complete low flyer. It's a guy they like. They are Because they, they already have three other running backs. It's depth or trade ship or just competition in practice kind of piece as far as I'm concerned. Do you think they'll start Marlon Mack over Jonathan Taylor next year? No. I just think yeah. they like his I just think they just like his uh versatility and speed as a two way as a receiving guy. Anything else free agency wise you want to talk about before you can move on to playmakers? No, I don't think so. All right, sounds good. Uh so obviously this was a big week in college basketball. So this is a very college basketball heavy playmakers of the week. Um, I got a couple of cats. We talked about Oral Roberts earlier. And I got their two big stars, Kevin O'Banner and Max Abrams, uh, the big man and the little man. Both of they've had over 25 points in both of their upset wins. They're stone cold killers with the ball in their hands. I mean, O'Banner hit like eight triples against Ohio State. They both hit clutch free throws. They're both 90% free throw shooters. They can both play inside as well. It's way better than you'd expect them to. And I really like Abrams. There are several times he drove to the rim and would get absolutely annihilated, but he just kept doing it. He never let his confidence waver no matter how badly he got blocked, which I really respect. So, yeah, the two Oral Roberts cats, Kevin O'Banner and uh, Max Abrams, are my first two playmakers. Uh, My first playmaker is Buddy Bayheim. 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 There we go. Son of uh, Coach Jim Beheim. Um, he scored thirty points in the first round of the of the tournament and twenty five in the second this past, like yesterday. Um, he was seven for ten in three point <laughs> in three point pointers. Um, was that was that in the? That was the first game. That was the first game. And in total, he's 13 for 23 in three-point shooting in both games, which is insane. He's a sniper. I love him. Dude, dude's a freaking dude's a freaking baller. Okay. Yeah. Dude pulls up and says, you know what? I'm gonna take it. And it just goes in. I mean, I don't know what I don't know. He's he's a beast. So that that was Buddy Beheim out of uh Syracuse. Yeah, that's a good show. Um my last playmaker of the week, I'm going to butcher this last name because I haven't actually watched UConn basketball much to the point where I've heard her name on broadcast, but a page uh, Bukers, Bookers, top player in women's basketball, top freshman in women's basketball. She was the number one recruit last year, came to UConn, already their best player. She set the school record for most points in a tournament debut. She had 24 points, nine rebounds, six assists, and four steals. Oh my god. <laughs> against high point in their first round game. Uh yeah, she's a beast. Cool. UConn are probably going to win the national championship again. They might win four straight with her, honestly. <laughs> it's not impossible. So yeah, she's my last playmaker of the week. My last playmaker of the week is a player who hasn't played in a few months. More than a few months. 
right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you could say definition of a few. Doesn't matter. Um, it's not really someone who has played a sport in a little bit. Um, but I got to give my second playmaker of the week to Drew Brees. Announced his retirement last week. One of the best to ever do it. Um, thank you, Drew Brees, for the quite amazing beatdown that you gave the Colts in 2010 <laughs> or 2011. Um, I hate you for that one reason, but um, yeah, Drew Brees, he he really he really outshined a lot of people. Um, he was really underrated for a long time, and I think it's just time that he gets some recognition for the amazing football that he's played yeah like it was just it's just phenomenal yeah i, I think so, he's currently the leader in yards and completion percentage and a bunch of other records touchdowns yeah, and he's the face of the saints organization so and probably always will be the face of the saints organization the chargers are very stupid for a lot <laughs> but i mean i did he, he did like snap his arm so was it his arm or his leg? His shoulder. His shoulder. That's what it was. Yeah. Also, thank you, Drew Brees, for replacing Doug Flutie for Notre Dame games. <laughs> I really want someone good in the booth with Mike Tirico for Notre Dame football. <laughs> I mean, uh, Tony Dungy did a good job. He's just not a college football guy. Hopefully, Drew Brees can put in the work and be good with Mike Tirico this year in the Notre Dame broadcast booth. Also, he should call some lacrosse games just for the memes. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> uh, anything else here? Not too much here after we got through free agency, right? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, that's hey, good. you got okay. I'm gonna set up a poll on Instagram. Mitofer may set one up on Twitter if he wants to. Um, should Topher and I record ourselves playing? 2k or fifa or whatever sports game and just post it or stream it whatever you want us to do we were thinking of uh doing the my league and being a gm in nba 2k uh if you guys are interested in seeing that go vote on it um you can also leave it in the comments below we're just looking to do some more fun stuff we want to and we're both actually pretty big sports video games guys. Play a lot of NCAA. I remember one time I absolutely wrecked you with only Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Lamar Jackson's kind of cheese, though. Okay, fastest quarterback in Madden history. Like, come on. Yeah, he's kind of broken. And and after after five rushes of one yards, he can't fumble anymore because of his ability. <laughs> it's called trust. Like, come on. I, if you know Madden, like, it, it, it's not fair. It's just not. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so, yeah, we should start doing some of that stuff. Let us know if that's something you'd be interested in watching. Uh, make sure to like, follow, subscribe us here on YouTube. Uh, Let us know if you want us to watch uh... – uh, March Madness game and stream it or record ourselves reacting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So fun. like, subscribe, follow, uh, follow us on Spotify and other podcast platforms. If you prefer listening as opposed to watching us on YouTube, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I think that's it for my shameless plugs. And I think we can get out of here. Thank you all for listening or watching. Have a nice day. Everyone.